Hey, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you are listening to the EA Podcast with Eric Allen. Take it away, EA. It's Thanksgiving week. Bart Scott in the house. Speaking of Bart Scott in the house, what are your plans for Thursday? Well, i tell you what. Well, you know, I'm, I'll be on the air working, so it's almost like I'm still a player. But the great thing is I don't have to get hit. I'm not sad whether I win or lose because I, I, don't, I don't have a permanent record. And I'll be done at 4 o'clock. So I go in at um, 12, and I think this year we're going to try something different. Um, the wife and the family, just something intimate. We're going to stay in the city. Uh, she's going to cook uh, Thanksgiving dinner at home. We're going to bring it to the hotel with us, and we're going to roll around in the city, probably go look at the tree lit up. Well, the tree doesn't get lit up to the to Wednesday, but we're going to probably go ice skating or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, center, kind Rockefeller of, Center? Yeah, do something kind of fun. You know, we try to switch it up a little bit, uh, let uh, the kids look at the lights and, you know, hang out. Now, you were saying before that uh, the way your hotel is situated is that you might be able to see the parade, the Macy's Day yeah. parade, go right by Thursday morning, right? Well, I, th- I thought I could because I thought, I thought the parade went through Fifth Avenue, so I was going to get a room at the Peninsula. You know, I got a connection there. But it, I, I think it goes down Broadway. Okay. But I'm still on 54th, so if we want, we can kind of just step out and see them go by on 50, I believe it goes through on 58th or something like that. So we can check it out that way. But, you know, it's only an easy walk. It just depends on if the wife wants to be dealing with all the craziness because I'm sure it's going to be barricaded and you're going to have to get funneled and stuff like that. The funnest time we ever uh, had is, or the most ac- access we had is we had like a uh, roped off part at Trump uh, Trump uh, Hotel right there in oh, the yeah? circle right where it stops. Yeah. You know, so that was cool, but, you know, you're out there a long time holding kids on the, on, on your head, and it's one of those things that sound good, but unless you got, like, the bleacher seats or something like that, it's, it's, it can be... And it be, could be cold. Yeah, it can you be You know, like, Saturday, different. it felt like the world was coming to an end. I was down yeah, in Maryland man. with 70 degrees, and a couple hours later, yeah, the, end of the days, wind yeah. started whipping, the skies yeah, yeah. got dark and ominous. Yeah, it's like the end of days, man. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, what's going on? Um, So, you can't eat Thursday, though, because those guys... I've seen the spreads that you guys have. You're treated pretty well at the NFL today. How, how are you going to refrain from taking all that in? Well you, well, you know what? We have the early game, so we're good. Yeah? So our game, our game starts at 12 o'clock. We got the, the first game. Right. Which is all, you always hope when you have to work on Thanksgiving, you always hope you got the first game because if you got the, the middle game, then it, that's, that's even worse because if your game starts at the 4 o'clock, you have Minnesota you still and Detroit, be there. which right. is a good game this year. It's that's great. one of those crossover games. Yeah, right? and, it's, and it's a great game for me because I grew up in that tradition. You know, I grew up, you know, in, in Detroit. You know, it was always something that we could be proud of because no matter how bad we were, we were the people. We were the two teams. It was usually it was only two teams. You know, back in the day, they just added a third team since the whole NFL network became more popular. But it used to be Detroit at twelve, Dallas at four, and it's still that way. Did you ever go to any of those games, or you just watch it on TV? I watched it on TV. I have family members that went to that game, but we have a, a parade in Detroit as well. But for us, it was the Turkey Bowl. We go out and play football before the actual game actually come on. Oh, so you guys were playing in the morning because we were talking about your turkey ball last week is that you guys would get out there in the neighborhood before, like you said, the 1230 game. So yeah, you're yeah. probably playing, what, 930 or yeah, something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, turkey game. Go out there, have some fun, get all lathered up, get hungry. And, you know, you know, the food isn't ready at 12 o'clock by no. the first game. But, you know, you start smelling the, smelling the food. You eat a good breakfast. You know, sometimes you wake up, everybody make the biscuits and the pancakes and the, and the bacon and the sausage and the ham and the hash browns and the grits. And you go to town that way after the turkey or, you know, after the turkey bowl. 
you know, but, you know, it's, it's just a fun experience. But the great thing about Thanksgiving and why I like Thanksgiving a lot more than I like Christmas is because it's not about receiving something. It's about fellowship. It's about spending time with each other. It's about, you know, stopping and reflecting about how blessed we are, how fortunate we are to be whatever situation you are. It's always somebody that's willing to trade with you that thinks that they have it worse, that would love to trade with you at any time. So it puts, you know, Thanksgiving puts you in the right perspective. I think Christmas is too commercialized. It's more about you know, what we get and, and measuring ourselves by the gifts that we give to others. Speaking of that, do you do anything on Black Friday? Hell no. Nah, because no, because I, I can't stand the I'm crowds. not about that. Like, I'd rather wait three months and get it on discount. I'm not about to sit up there and be fighting uh, and over a toy. Like, So the Scott family will not be out Friday shopping. No, no, no. We ain't, we ain't about that. Like, will you guys be back? Because you talked about some family coming in town, right? Are you going to have, like, a post-Thanksgiving celebration since you guys will be in the city on Thursday? Well, they brought, we, we've always used to, uh, to that situation. But usually, you know, I have family come down and, and visit. Yeah. You know, so they have it. And once I come home from work, I kind of join with it. But this time, me and the wife want to try something different, something intimate with the kids, see how we can just be together, have Thanksgiving dinner, and actually be in the city and mess around and kind of play to the fact that I am in the city, and then they don't have to worry about you know it taking an hour and a half for me to get back. I'm already there. You know, soon, soon as it's over with, I come straight from the studio, which is probably two minutes from from where the hotel is, and, and we can just kind of have some fun. You uh, know, who were your uh, favorite line players uh, growing up? Uh, for uh, Lomas Brown, you uh, like Lomas? Yeah, huh? Lomas, Luther Ellis. Um, going all the way back, um, Herman Moore, Brett Perriman, Johnny Morton, when they were fun, when everything was wide Scott open. Scott Mitchell course, playing quarterback? Hell no, I can't stand Scott Mitchell. Yeah, but he was he, the guy. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. But he, oh, oh man, he was he was like the Rob Johnson sign. He had one great year with with Miami, you know, uh, cashed in and, and came to D- Detroit the whole left hand. I love Herman Moore. Yeah, Herman Moore was a beast. Brett Perriman was like a, you know, it's funny because uh, Perriman is playing for the Ravens now. Yeah. His his son and Johnny Morton. It, it, it was exciting because, you know, you had uh, Luther Ellis, you had Chris Spillman, you had Robert Forche. Oh, Chris Spillman. Yeah, you had the Blade brother. You, yeah. you had one of the Blades. You know what I mean? I don't know which one it is. So many. Was it I think it was Benny. I think it was Benny Blaze. Yeah. You know, so it was a time where the Lions were actually pretty good. What about Barry? How old were you when Barry was in his prime? I mean, I remember um, in high school playing at the um, Silverdome, and I remember Barry was like, get busy 3 2. I, Did he yeah, really? Because they were coming off the field from practice as we were going for our game. He's like, "Get busy, three two. I was like, "Yeah, Barry said something." To me. <laughs> yeah, Barry, yeah, Barry said something to me. So like, you got to think when '98, you know, that was probably like two years before he retired. I think Barry got in at what maybe '90 or '90. Yeah, Barry maybe got in the league at like '1990, '91, something like that. Okay. So uh, yeah, I, I watched all of Barry's career. Because at that point, I was watching football all the time. What did, that, what did that mean to you? Did he just randomly pick you out and say? Yeah, I was walking by. You know, yeah? I guess you can always tell who the sweet player for the high school <laughs> okay. is. You know what I'm saying? Because I, 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 I had my gear on. I was looking sweet. You know, yeah? And I had 3-2. You know, 32 is usually in, 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 in high school. You can tell the numbers of the players because, you know, the players get to pick the number they want. So you see guys with 10, 11, 32. Because, you know, everybody, you don't have to wear a number for a position. So guys want the sweet numbers, you know what I mean? Sometimes seven, three. You know, you ain't gonna see no forty-five, seventy-five. They, no. You're not respecting that in high school. Why thirty-two though? Who was wearing thirty-two? Thirty-two was my number for everything, man. So yeah. it was Magic Johnson's number. It was like thirty-two was like all the sweet players back in the day was wearing thirty-two. Did the Magic wear thirty-two? I think so. Huh? Yeah, Magic wore thirty-two. You know, he's from Michigan. 
No, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, uh, you ever wonder what it'd be like uh, tackling a guy like Barry from your perspective as a linebacker? It, it was one. Of, it was the most disappointing thing in my career because he quit so early. I just wanted a chance to take a shot at him. Did you? Yeah, you know I mean, and I think he retired. I think Barry retired in like. 2000, 2000 or 2001. I got in the league in 2002. What did it mean to you? Could you imagine, like, he said something to me in high school. Yeah. And I would have had an opportunity to tackle him. Would you have said anything to him after you tackled him? Said, he, you know. I'm, or I'm, missed him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, your jock would have been I, hanging I, in the I, ceiling I, somewhere. I mean, I would have, I mean, I would have been one of those guys like, Barry, can I please have his jersey? Yeah. Like, please. Because different. When did because, that start, the jersey stuff? Oh, like now because I talk yeah. about that on Inside NFL too. I don't know. It just started happening maybe a couple of years ago, you know, because of these guys. Do you like that? You, you don't know, seem like a guy that would you would be yeah, good, yeah. good with that. Yeah, I could oh, see oh, you oh, doing oh, that oh. with Barry Sanders, maybe in the yeah. locker room or something. Yeah, only like that. only jer- only jersey I ever I ever took on the field was one of my former teammates, like Jared Johnson. Like, man, give me a jersey, man. Right. Like that's because we 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 were friends. We played against each other and we both went separate directions. Yeah. Just going up to random guys like, hey JJ, let me get to let me get your jersey. That's that's I don't know. You see it happen all the time around here. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you just lost. Right. And now you just high five and I could listen man, I took it so serious. I couldn't I couldn't afterwards I can't sit down and we can't pray together. Like no, 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 no. You wouldn't be no, 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 no. I'll say my Lord's prayer when we get in and we say the Lord's prayer as a team. I'm not holding your hand and talking to you, kumbaya. Nah, bro, I just tried to kill you. Uh, Detroit six and four. Do you obviously? I'm buying them. Uh, obviously, you're a commentator now and you're an analyst now. Yep. But the Bart Scott who grew up there. Do you kind of root for them on the side, hoping that they do well for the Lion. people in the community? You don't, know? No, don't get, don't get it um, confused. I, yeah. I'm a Lions fan. Yeah? You know, I always will be a Lions fan. Um, I, I'm happy, you know, and Matthew Stafford is really his team now because now I call it addition by subtraction because he doesn't have Calvin Johnson to lean on. He's playing a position where he's going through his progressions. He's throwing the ball to who's supposed to get the ball. He's not just forcing the ball to Calvin Johnson so he can have his 10 to 12 you know, um, you know, attempts or or, or targets. You know, so they, you think that just forced the growth? Because bottom line is, yeah. when you have somebody like that, it's not a crutch, but it's you just hey, throw it up. I can throw it up, and it, I know it's Carmelo ball. Hey, let's let's get the ball to Carmelo and let's everybody watch him instead yeah. of everybody feeling like let me run my route because if I'm open, you know, he's gonna throw the ball to me. That, that yeah. is a big game for them. It's six and four. They host and, and, Minnesota and, and, at six and, and, and four. And remember, Matthew Stafford, they've been behind. In the fourth quarter, I believe every game this year that they've won, and um, Matthew Stafford come up big, and you know this is pretty much a rematch because they took uh, Minnesota to overtime um, last time, and Matthew Stafford made that crazy throw to get it to field goal range for like twenty seconds ago, oh, and they kicked right. the field that goal. Only happened a couple weeks ago. Right, right. my point. Yeah, yeah. My point. So this time, you know, um, the Minnesota Vikings have been sputtering. You know, they have been sputtering downhill, and they finally got a win against Arizona yesterday. And now this is for the division. Whoever wins this one is in first place in the division. And who thought that we would ever be having this discussion? Because right now, Green Bay looks vulnerable. They just got demolished they two weeks in do. a row. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, every time Aaron Rodgers came back, Kirk Cousins came back with an equally big play, just throwing the ball down the football field. You like Kirk Cousins? Uh, I, I didn't like him, but I think he's playing a lot better. He was struggling early on in the season. You know, I, you know, I, I didn't agree. I didn't think that you know he was asking for – Top five money. When he got franchised. Right. right. And he bet on himself. And, and, you know, right now he's winning. Because uh, now I love this Crowder kid. He plays with so much energy and passion. 
He's always getting open vertically, and I watched him take at least four vertical shots. They they threw they they had to have Jameson Crowder played at Duke. Yep. Yeah, they had to have at least at least five plays over forty yards. And I don't I can't remember one of them going to Deshaun Jackson. I don't even know Deshaun Jackson played yesterday. But you know they went to Crowder. They went to Garcon. Yep. Um, the running back was going crazy. So now Green Bay is vulnerable. So this game is even bigger because. It seems like it's a two-team race in this division now. I think Green Bay's done. They're old. They're slow. They're not deep. And I think it's going to be some major decisions made in the offseason. What's coming up on NFL Today Thursday morning? Do you know yet? Because there's always something emotional that's a, it's a, a tug because uh, with the season, yeah, yeah, well, they're well, talking about family and also people in need and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, well just, just, think, just think about who's, um, think about who's, who's playing. So the Vikings are playing, so I'm sure it'd be something, you know, very heartfelt about Denny Green. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to give away everything, but, you know, it'd, okay. be, it'd, be, right. it'd be something. Uh, yeah. sure. we're, 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 we're reflecting. He, he gave us a little about. juice here on the EA podcast. Bit, you know what I'm saying? You what, know, nobody else know that. What's your uh, favorite uh, Thanksgiving food? Um, it used to be, uh, like, the ham and the turkey, but, you know, the star has always been the stuffing. And, you know, I told you my wife does a great job with the sage sausage stuffing. Yeah. Off the chain. I tell you what, next time she makes it, I'll bring you some. Okay. Sage sausage stuffing. You know, uh, a favorite dessert on Thanksgiving? Do you have one? I Uh, know you're watching. Well, my mom. Bart's looking pretty swole on TV because he likes to come in and get his morning work. No, 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 no. You inspire me, man, because you all ripped up. You call it rippling still and sex appeal. You know what I'm saying? You're you're wiry. You know what I mean? So it's harder for me to look like you because I'm so much bigger. So I got to try and shrink down and try and look like you, but a bigger version. Yeah. Okay. All right. So are you going to eat dessert on Thanksgiving? You have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't give a shit. I mean, you just got to run it off. What are you going to have? Um, my mom always makes banana pudding, Ooh, and you know it's crazy. My my co-host um, on my um, on my radio show, um, <laughs> I always say it wrong. Danny Amanalora. I always want to say Amadola. Yeah, of course. You uh, say. He came and he actually shot a show about my mother. She stepped him how she makes the um, banana pudding, makes the the meringue out of egg whites, and she beats it by hand, and then whips it, put the sugar in there. And it makes the meringue, and then she makes the pudding out of the flour, vanilla abstract, and all this stuff. Makes the banana pudding, yeah. that color. She it makes it all by hand, and she made it. So, mom's bananas pudding. Uh, okay, so I love pumpkin pie, and I wish more people in my family would make sweet potato pie. Yeah, sweet potato. It's, it's kind of the same yes. thing. You know, it's weird. It's kind of the same thing, and it's funny. It depends on what part of the country you're from. You're right. It depends on like, because black people don't make pumpkin pie. They always make sweet potato pie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, people in the south, I want to say, make more. Sweet potato pie, too. And up north is more pumpkin pie. And more Midwest, it may be more pumpkin pie. I tell you what, they, what nobody makes, though. I don't think they make, uh, I don't hear a lot of people making uh, apple pies anymore. You know, apple pie seems more like a spring dish, not not so much. I would agree with that. I, th- I feel like apple pie has kind of uh, it's kind of fell off. off. Yeah, it yes. used to be American. You know, it's yeah. the most American thing that you can uh, think uh, of. American is apple pie. Yeah. Apple no. pie, yeah. Now you know, peach cobblers come in there a little bit. What's the uh, blueberry cobblers kind of snuck in there? And then it, it, everybody loves the cakes and makes cakes. You know, my my, my godmother makes a, a hell of a seven up upside down pound cake. Oh yeah, yeah, it, pound cake. It feels like ten. But I, I'm not even playing. I don't know. You know how like you know how, you know how muscle weighs more than fat, man. Like her cakes per square uh, uh, inch, man, is like heavy. It's like it's like gravel or something. That's so loaded, you pick huh? it up like boom. 
but it's like seven up. They sprinkle seven up and they make the, the inside of the batter, and it adds this like lively lemon zesty taste to it. Jets Patriots, uh, what did that mean to you as a player that rivalry? Because before that, we always talked about it right here in this studio during your first years as a Jet. It was you came from that monster rivalry yourself, yeah. Baltimore Pittsburgh. Well, I tell you what, the, the Patriots um, rivalry is a little different than the, than the Steelers Ravens because that one was always so violent, so physical. This one was more about playing chess. It was about what was going to be the game plan and adjusting to it and out executing the Patriots and also making the plays when they present themselves. See, the the Ravens Steelers is just about two two cars on the track and there's no dodge and no fair dodge. It's like the tougher the tougher guy wins. You know, the tougher guy usually wins if you can get you know hits on Brady early. But if you're not making the plays and making adjustments to to their formations or whatever their game plan of the week, it's it's tough sledding. So it was more of a mental. Um, sparring and physical sparring here than it was just a physical in, 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 in uh, So Steelers-Ravens was a battle made for a phone booth. Yeah, it was a phone booth fight. That's basically what it was. It was like, okay, nobody's throwing jabs. If you're not throwing a power punch, then you, you can't. You, you, <laughs> you remember uh, Harlem Knights? Yeah. Question that lose down. <laughs> if you ain't breaking no bazooka, you got you break a bazooka, and the smallest thing you bring is a, is a twelve gauge. That's a lot. That's to, to a Ravens game. But you know when you when you talk about if you want to use that same analogy, you want to bring a sniper. You got you you got to bring something with precision if you want to outthink uh, you know Bill Belichick. He's one of the best to ever do it. You know you hate to give him credit, but you have to get credit where credit is due. I, I feel like a lot of times when you were the player here that the Jets would. We're a ground-and-pound outfit, right? You think about Thomas Jones, you think of Sean Green, you think of all those guys. Mm-hmm. You tried to run the football. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, they'd approach you guys, like you said, with that chess match and because they did not want to. And that's yeah, they, they not a knock. Make, they, that's they, a, that's they a sign of respect. Yeah. Is that it, They didn't want to make it a physical contest. They wanted to spread you out and, and try and get you out in space and get somebody to mess up communication-wise because they knew man for man they really couldn't deal with us and especially you know the few games I think the one or two that we had Chris Jenkins like that was game over you know if we could have kept Chris Jenkins healthy you know I think they the, you don't play with them much do you ever wonder what the defense would have been like with a healthy I, I, guy I, like I, that I, I think I would have won two Super Bowls with Chris Jenkins because they would he would have ate up a whole nother person and we'd have been able to do things that you know that you know you talk about us not really having pass rushes when when he was here, but if he was on the field, you got to put two on him. So now you get a lot, lot more one on ones on the outsides. And then what are you going to do when we blitzing in the inside? Because he's going to clear everything out for everybody. He was an he was amazing one, athlete. He's one of the most dominant forces I've ever been around. Really? Yeah. So when you look back at your career, that's something. It's an opportunity missed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine him? You know, can you imagine having him when we went to Pittsburgh and, and pushing the pocket on Ben? So now Ben can't step up. And step out. All he has to do, he can, he, he can move out or retreat. He couldn't step up because Chris is pushing the pocket and you know wearing Pouncey out. That that run game that they tried to have, it would have been over with. You guys because now because now Puha's coming in as a rotational guy. So right. like him and Devito are your, are your guys coming in fresh in the right. rotation. Like I mean that was one of the biggest regrets. You know, not playing with such a dominant. And force. you were so strong up the middle because behind uh, them, of course, are you and. 
David. You, uh, would, uh, you wouldn't have been able to, I mean, we always had great run defense, but you wouldn't have been able to run with us and at all. And then Pace, I know. He sets that edge. Yeah. He was a, you look, guys in the business always considered him the best edge run center. Yeah. In the National yeah. Football Him League. and Jerry Johnson, the most physical edge setters. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, then that would have just allowed, you know, Trevor. Probably, how do you block Trevor? It would have been over. Even at his age, how would you, you wouldn't have been, how would you, how would you uh, block, you know, Sean Ellis? You oh, can't. Yeah. You can't. You, you couldn't. Because now you got so much problems with him. You talk about the best tandems. I guarantee you the, the combination of Chris Jenkins, you know, and I got much respect for Muhammad, and I got much respect for Sheldon Shelby. Richardson. But, you know, it's a different different type of beast. Yeah. You know, if you had Chris Jenkins and Sean Ellis together. I mean, that's, you know, all you have to do is probably look to the year before I got here and see how dominant that was because he was healthy that year. And, you know, now Sean Ellis was an angry person. You know, he was an angry person. And, and, and no disrespect, like I said, no disrespect to Muhammad or Sheldon, but they're not angry. Like, like Sean Ellis was an angry black man. Maybe one of the most angry black men I've ever been around. So he played angry. He walked around angry. He he was so talented. You know what I mean? You talk about the Jets all-time lady pass, uh, sack getter. Sure. You know what I mean? Now you put him next to to. to well, he's right up there. Obviously, gassing on those other guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, no, I think he broke those records. I thought he was. A, I think he was a. Jet he wasn't all time. All ta- he was like seventy sacks or something like that, right? Right, eighty sacks. Yeah, yeah. But he, he uh, as far as the all time, he wasn't like one atop the list. But he had a great career. At the, at the end of the day, like you're saying, because Sean is not a guy who sat in his locker and talked to reporters. Is yeah. that you know he's he was when, you're, when you're talking about Jets careers. Yeah, he's, he's one of the he's best Jets linemen in the history of this franchise. Him, you can say Sean Abraham, but I don't know if Sean Abraham didn't. They John didn't Abraham. Long, yeah, yeah, John Abraham. They didn't, have, they didn't have longevity that he had here. He played here, what, 13 years? Something like that. Yeah. And Abe, you're right. Abe, obviously, they traded to Atlanta, I right. believe, and they got mangled back. Okay, so real quickly, this game itself, a lot has been made of, as far as this we tape before Todd Bowles made his starting quarterback decision. So by now, you're listening to the podcast at home. I know that Todd Bowles has either announced Brian Fitzpatrick as a starter or Bryce Petty. We're taping right now. He has not announced that just yet. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is named the starter, then what? I mean, if he's named the starter, you know, they're they're making sure that, you know, they're not making any decisions until about the future until the present is over you know they want to make sure that okay let's make sure we're not we're mathematically still in it you know before we make a decision you know because Fitzpatrick I think still gives them more options you know Bryce Petty is the future you know Fitzpatrick or he could be the future that's right could be the future you know there's been a lot of rumors going on about Tony Romo and all that type of stuff you know you you have to you know that's that's off-season stuff right now you know, you got to make sure that you take care of business and you're not done until you're done. If Petty starts, and this is something I laughed about, a lot of people said, you can't start him against the Patriots. And I was always of uh, well, the, the belief that, you, hey, listen, he's not playing against Tom Brady if he does get to start. Todd Bowles is going to make whatever decision he thinks is best yeah. for his team. He's out there in the practice field. He well, knows exactly what is going to put his team in best position to win. Yeah. But if... They start Bryce Petty against New England. He's not playing against Tom Brady. Well, well, you know, 
What it is is it's the respect for Bill Belichick and his record against rookie quarterbacks. I think the only rookie quarterback they ever beat him was maybe Ben Roethlisberger and Mark Sanchez. You know, so he, it's, a, it's his record out there about how he does against rookie um, quarterbacks, and it's not good. So if, if you hear people saying that, it's only because of the respect of the stat, which people t- say all the time. It's a stat that's been going around, you know, in the media for, I believe, the last five or six years. Right. And listen, whoever plays quarterback against New England, to be honest with you, you're going to be underdog anyway. Well, well, the good thing is you don't have to worry about pass rush because without Jamie Collins, without Chandler Jones, and uh, Jabal Shear seems like he's um, in the doghouse. He didn't even travel to, to San Francisco. That's 25 sacks from last year. And you've been outspoken about that, that the, the Patriots have made a number of moves that, that have impacted their defense. So we'll have to see what happens. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. We'll be watching on Thursday. All good.